We like to hum. <laughs> Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are joined by Jacqueline Waddy, the president of the board of directors at the Humane Society of Kitchener-Waterloo in Stratford, Perth, and Calla James, who is their director of community engagement and outreach. They are leaders in animal welfare in our communities, focusing on the responsible treatment of animals through education, compliance, advocacy, and care. And the seas are getting rough. It is getting harder to see your face. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we are here with Jacqueline Wadi and Calla James from the Humane Society of Kitchener, Waterloo, and Stratford, Perth, which is a big mouthful. So we will hear and refer to them as the Humane Society. Um, And today we're going to talk about resources available in the community for pet owners. So welcome, Jacqueline and Kala. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hi, thanks for having us. (laughs) Uh, We're so happy you're here. Um, This is way overdue. Um, So thank you to you both for joining us today. But before we get started, um, we would love if you could each give us a quick intro to yourselves. Um, And of course, if you have any pets, in particular dogs, um, we'd love to hear about them. Calla, take it away. Uh, I'm Calla James, and I have been in the animal welfare industry formally for about 11 years now. I started off as a volunteer um, and, of course, fell in love with it and just have never left. (laughs) So this is my third and fourth animal center that I worked with, and I joined the team in 2019. Uh, I have six cats and one dog at home. I did check the bylaws before. I was going to (laughs) say. I made sure that I could because when we first moved here, we had seven cats, three dogs and a horse. So I definitely needed to make sure that uh, I was allowed to live here. (laughs) Um, And my dog's name is Girly. She is best guess 15, 16 years old. She's about six or seven pounds, completely blind, a mixed breed of some kind. We don't know what Um, she was found wandering at a highway intersection, completely black, filthy, matted, rotten mouth of teeth. Um, We got her cleaned up. We fostered her and we failed miserably and kept her. (laughs) That is so special. I love that story. And her name is Girly. Girly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Name was Priscilla. And I don't know why we didn't like Priscilla for some reason. And we just kept calling her Girly girl. So we called her Girly in the end. Well, that's great. Thank you. And Jacqueline would love if you could intro yourself. Sure. Thank you. Firstly, thank you for having us. Um, We really appreciate the opportunity. I have been involved with the Humane Society for eight years, which is crazy to say. And it started with adopting our dog Pico, uh, who both of you, I think, met at the uh, event a few weeks ago. So she's 14 now. We got her when she was two. Uh, She was found by Fairview Mall uh, as a stray. We just make jokes that she's from Windsor and she just ran away and (laughs) we don't really know where she came from, but she's quite the diva, uh, as you can tell, still very vibrant. 
Um, so I started actually going around to different events with her through the Humane Society, through their education arm, uh, and just saying, hey, look, this is a dog that's been adopted, having her meet people, just chat with the community, things like um, at the police station when they have that safety village, we used to go there and I would dress up uh, on Halloween as an example and bring her along with me and kind of parade her around. So uh, I've been on the board for six years, so started as a director, uh, several different positions there and now I have the, the joy of uh, overseeing the board uh, until June of 2022. It's a two-year term and I have two dogs. So not just Pico who is orange like the tea. We also have Pharaoh who is uh, this beautiful black fluffy wonder who apparently is from a native reserve up north through a different rescue up there. So uh, two pets. I've had four dogs in my lifetime and uh, I can't even imagine my life without them. Well, I also love that story <laughs> so, <laughs> because, yeah, these dogs just find you. You know what I mean? They they fall into your laps when when the time is right. And I just find that so special. So uh, thank you both for sharing that. Let's um, let's dive into our first question, shall we? All right. So could you tell us more about the Humane Society and what you do as an organization? So. I think a lot of assumptions are made about what the humane societies do. And can you tell us more about what is actually done at the humane society? Yes, absolutely. So it's probably best to, to go back a little bit before we go forward. I mean, we've been around for over 90 years. So since 1927, when it was the humane society, uh, the Twin Cities Humane Society, and we were combined with Waterloo. Um, fast forward to 2012, um, Stratford had their own SPCA. Uh, and we took them on board and created the two locations. So I believe it was 2018 when we actually became the official Humane Society of Kitchener-Waterloo in Stratford, Perth. So we do operate out of two locations, which most people don't realize. Of course, if someone was to uh, give to the organization, you can designate to either community, but two very different communities with different needs. Uh, and we continue to grow and expand. So, I mean, we have over 40 plus community programs. So I know we'll talk a little bit more about those uh, with Kala later on, but uh, most people don't realize we offer things like yoga that's in training for your kids, camps in the summertime, uh, you name it, we, we pretty much do it. So we've grown from something that is preconceived as like a dog pound and people can be very uh, attached to the old type of stereotype that it might have but we are one of the leading and largest animal welfare charities in Ontario. So most people don't realize what a powerhouse they have in their own backyard. Uh, it's just getting to know a little bit more about what we do uh, and the programs that we offered and how to engage with us. And what's really nice in my time uh, with the Humane Society is that um, we've not only grown as an organization, I mean, we employ over 60 people, which is also something most folks don't know, um, but we've grown in just our maturity of how we engage engage with the public, with the community, the offerings that we have, and we just want to partner. Uh, we're, we're all about collaboration and partnerships, and we just really, really want to break that preconceived notion that if you take your dog to the humane society, something bad is going to happen. That couldn't be farther than the truth, and I would never put my name behind an organization or volunteer so much time with one that is putting people or their pets at risk. So that's a little bit about uh, us in a nutshell. Um, I'm sure we'll dig a bit deeper, but hopefully that gives you enough to spotlight on what we do. Um, yeah, that was, that was amazing to hear. Kala, did you have anything to add to that or did, did Jacqueline get that all tied up neatly with a bow? I think she did. Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Although I would note that most people think we're government funded, which we, we might come up later 
in the conversation, but uh, although we have contracts with different municipalities and they're just basically uh, a direct transaction for our services, they're not, you know, we're not making a whole bunch of revenue off of those. Um, people don't realize that we don't have government funding at all. So it really is based on the generosity of our community, any of those contracts that we, we do to execute some of the services that we provide and then just grants and whatnot. So it's a different kind of structure than I think your traditional nonprofit might have. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that information with us. Um, we will take a quick break and come back to talk about uh, community resources available for pet owners in Kitchener-Waterloo. So stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Nutram Pet Products. Our pets bring so much joy to our lives, which is why we feed them the best. Made in Elmira, Nutram recipes are all natural and only sold in Canadian-owned pet specialty retailers. Plus, $1 from each bag sold is donated to a local charity. Who do you feed for? Visit Nutram.com for more information. All right. Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we are talking to Jacqueline and Kala from the Local Humane Society to discuss resources available for pet owners. Yeah. So in the first half of today's episode, we heard about uh, what our local humane society does now. And we're going to dive into some details about uh, what other community services the Humane Society offers. So let's dive in. All right. So as we heard in the first segment, the Humane Society does a lot of great work, obviously. So for those in the community who are maybe in need, experiencing homelessness, lower income, or have fallen on hard times, what are some resources they should be aware of through what you guys offer through the Humane Society? We actually have quite a lot of programs and services that, that I don't think people are, are aware of. So this is great to highlight. Um, one of our biggest uh, services would be spay neuter services. And we offer that through a variety of our programs. So the first would be our spay neuter assistance program, which is offered through our Kitchener location. And that's specifically for Kitchener Waterloo residences. Um, and they uh, it's a program that is income-based. So people can access that program. Um, all of the details are on our website as well. We're going to go through a lot of information, obviously. So if anybody's looking for more info, our website is kwsphumane.ca. Um, but the SNAP program is a great program for those who are looking to spay neuter their pet. And in that program, you can also get things like rabies, microchip, and core vaccines at a, at a discounted rate as well. 
Um, we also have our high volume, high quality, and also low cost spay neuter clinic, which is located out of our Stratford location. And that is not income based. So it's open to any member of the public, um, including it's not limited to geography either. So you can access it from anywhere. Uh, our prices again are on our website that includes uh, spay neuter services. And you can add on other things such as a low cost microchip, rabies or core vaccine as well. We have a TNR program for community cats or for barn cats. And for barn cats, it's a fantastic program because if you have a farm, we all know that cats tend to find us easily. Um, yeah. so, you would know. Yeah, I would know. <laughs> and uh, some of mine came from farms and they can also multiply supply quickly. So our TNR program uh, is $35 for spay and neuter and again includes uh, core vaccines, rabies, uh, flea treatment, and microchip. It's a fantastic program. And TNR is uh, trap neuter release. Is that is that right? Yes. Even like we're seeing new, some places even are using TNVR. So trap neuter vaccinate return. Um, but that's a very good point. So Calla, when you say um that services are income based. What does that look like? Like, is that on a sliding scale or is there a threshold of, you know, if you make your household income is under X amount, you're eligible. Um, what does that look like for, for folks who are maybe lower income? That's right. It, it is a, a scale. So it depends on how many people are within your household and there are limits to that. So again, on our website, we have a chart that actually shows you based on how many people are living in your home, what that income cutoff would be. And of course, if people have any questions, they can always contact us directly. So if you don't have access to internet or a website or a computer, you can always give us a call. We'd be happy to chat with you. Um, we have a program as well that uh, people I don't think are as aware of, and that's a spay your mama program that is open to both cats and dogs. So that program is available for those who perhaps have a cat or a dog who have an oops, an unwanted litter um, that was unplanned that, uh, you know, now all of a sudden they're faced with five puppies, eight kittens, you know, what do I do with them? So we would accept the kittens and puppies uh, as a surrender to the Humane Society. We would obviously have them spayed, neutered, uh, vaccinated, put up for adoption and find great homes for them. But when you surrender those kittens or puppies, we will also offer to spay your mama for free um, so that we can break that, that cycle of having unwanted litters. Uh, it's again, a great program. People can contact us directly if they're looking to register for that program. Um, I, sorry, I love that idea. I think that's such a smart idea because there are people out there who just are, um, make mistakes or, you know, stuff happens. And, um, also, yeah, like you said, it breaks that cycle. So I just think that's such a great initiative put on by the Humane Society that like kudos to you guys. Cause that's awesome. <laughs> They're definitely growing in popularity. We've seen spay your mama programs for dogs in a lot of areas. Some people are launching for cats because again, you know, cats might slip out the door and they aren't fixed and they come home. And again, you know, now you're faced with a litter and maybe you're not ready for, you know, eight other cats, like somebody like I am, <laughs> you know? So again, people kind of go, what do I do now? Where do I go from here? Um, and we have had people use that program and it's been great because they have been wanting to get their pet fixed. Uh, and now we can help find a solution to that and, and help get their pets fixed at the same time. Even the responsibility of having to home these animals. So, I mean, 
we could go down a rabbit hole of do you post them on Kijiji or do you just give them to friends and family and what the Humane Society would do if you were to to surrender them over to the um, organization we would not only vet them and, and get them all ready for a home we vet the people so it isn't uh, is difficult uh, to be saying, okay, well, Joe really wants this dog. I, oh, he's a good guy. Yeah, I think he's ready for a dog. Meanwhile, they could end up in the wrong hands. They could end up back at the Humane Society, whether they're cats or dogs. And it just really takes out a lot of the guessing game of having to um, oversee trying to find these animals' homes. And, you know, they, they have a much better chance of going to the right home uh, than perhaps if you were to post them somewhere or just share them on Facebook kind of thing. I think the, the other big part too, is that, you know, if when you're faced with a litter of eight kittens and you want to rehome them, um, you won't necessarily have the ability to spay and neuter all of them. And again, talking about breaking that cycle. So uh, all of our pets are spayed and neutered before they go into home. So we know, again, there's not going to be any unwanted litters when they're going to their new homes. I, I love that idea. And I think what I really love about like most of the initiatives you've you've talked about so far is that they're very preventative rather than um, very reactive. I mean, the the Spayer Mama Clinic, I guess, is reactive in a sense, but still is doing so much prevention. When you talk about that that litter of kittens, and um, yeah, I think just like especially from like a nonprofit charitable perspective, doing that preventative work is so important. And I think for for nonprofits who are kind of stuck with minimal resources, oftentimes it's hard to get ahead of the game and focus your efforts on those prevention pieces. So I love to hear that. Kella, are there any other services that you didn't get to share with us before we jump to the next question? Yeah, we do have a few other ones that the public are normally very interested in. And again, we're trying to get the word out about microchipping is a big one. We do offer an ongoing microchipping clinic. Um, so microchips are $30 and you can access appointments any time of the week in KW. And we offer them Mondays and Wednesdays at our Stratford Perth location. Um, we do rabies clinics once a year, rabies and microchip clinic once a year that people can access as well, that um, those are at a lower cost. Um, we have our emergency pet food bank program, which also is great supporting pet owners if they have you know a moment or a time of need where they're needing food or perhaps litter for cats um, we also offer um, a community vet outreach program and that we work with social agencies in the area to provide outreach services for those experiencing homelessness or in vulnerable housing um, and that's been a really a really great program for for us. And we really have enjoyed um, working with social agencies in the community to provide that support. That's amazing. I've definitely um, seen some stuff in the media about that program. And it was, I think I saw some stuff from Sanguine Health Center. I follow them on social media and I saw them doing some posting about that. And it's just so fantastic because I read, I'm sure we all saw that article recently that went pretty viral where they did a study around people experiencing homelessness and, um, the way they, you know, you know, treated and supported their pets and their dogs. And, and what the findings really were was that, um, the, the pets that were owned by folks experiencing homelessness were often cared for even better than your average pet. Um, and there's so much stigma, I think in that space, um, when you see a person experiencing homelessness with a dog, um, and it was just, yeah, I was just so happy. I think it was CBC that, uh, did the article. So it was just so great to see, um, the community starting to share that sort of sentiment and really starting to like break down that stigma. They're family members and 
that's the biggest thing to recognize is they are wanting those services and support for their family members. Um, and that's why we love the community vet outreach program because now we can support them with those services that they need. Uh, that is a lot of stuff that the Humane Society offers our community. So thank you so much for sharing all of that info. And uh, those are all great resources. Again, don't forget if you uh, need to check out uh, what Kala has been talking about, go to uh, the Humane Society website. We'll share that with you at the end. Um, but we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. With the lightning round. Pew, pew, pew. All right, it is time for another edition of our lightning round with our guests from the Humane Society. Ken's QR lightning round sound effects. Pew, 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 pew. All right, so we're going to ask you guys some questions you get to answer. So I'm going to kick us off with the first question. So obviously, as you've shared today, the Humane Society does fantastic work, but you are one organization and you obviously cannot do it all. So when people reach out to help, what are some other local organizations you look to for support or maybe you refer folks to in the community? A lot of questions we get are about uh, veterinary care. Uh, and obviously the services that we offer in the veterinary field are li more limited. So we do refer back to our community veterinarians and we also do refer people um, to check out low income options if they are uh, needing something a little bit lower um, cost wise. And we're really fortunate to have East Village Animal Hospital, both in Kitchener and in London, so close to us to access for uh, those folks who are lower income. We have some great partnerships with uh, the food banks in the area. So Cambridge Humane Society, the Food Bank of Waterloo Region, KW Pet Food Bank, uh, and the Humane Society all partnered earlier last year during COVID to launch an emergency pet food bank. Um, we are still all operating now our, our own things, but we definitely refer people to each other because if they're closer in location to them and can access them easier, we'll tell them to go to that location. Sometimes we might run out of one pet food too, and, and they might have it. So we can kind of refer back and forth to each other each other. Um, and, you know, just trying to, to share resources as best as possible. One of the best things I would say is if people are looking for what to do if they're in an emergency with their pet, is we have a great resource on our website as well that talks about the steps you can take when you're in a pet emergency and who you can try to contact or options that might be available to you. Ooh, that's so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. And I love to hear how much all of those organizations are collaborating and working together. I mean, especially for maybe folks who don't have a car, you're taking public transit, like imagine lugging like a big bag of dog food, like on the bus, because the, the food pet food bank near you isn't as accessible. So yeah, that's awesome that you guys really share resources like that. So Ken's, I'll pass it off to you to ask the next question. Okay. This one is a little more personal. So for both of you, 
What is the most rewarding part about working with the Humane Society? Maybe I'll start that one. Uh, given that I'm a volunteer, I think it's really important for me to not only help the animals, but the people that are connected to them and the messaging around that, which we touched on earlier. And Cal is a big uh, proponent of that, trying to make sure that that reaches the masses through her role uh, officially as a staff member. But uh, just really trying to reinforce that human animal bond and trying to maintain that and you know, destigmatize a lot of the preconceived notions that are out there. But you know, in my role, I get to govern the organization. Um, the CEO is the board's employee. So we actually do evaluations for her. We have to hire for the next one um, once she decides to move on. Um, but being able to work with really great community members collaboratively to come up and make decisions that impact such a large organization is extremely rewarding. And the nice thing is that we have such great connections with the staff, which you don't always see with a board and staff relationship. And that's just a testament to the culture that they have there. So that's a bit of a long answer, but it's just the, the people are cool. The mission is cool. We're moving in the right direction. And uh, I can't wait for the next five years because we just finished our strategic plan and it's looking great. So the best is yet to come is Ted Rogers. Birthday. Yay. All right, Calla, you're up. Similar to what Jacqueline said, it's about finding those fantastic homes for pets, but it's also that bond with their people. We see how much of an impact an animal can make in somebody's life. I mean, we all know how much of an impact our own pets make in our life. And it's really incredible when you have an adopter email you three years later with all the adventures that they've been on with their dog um, or cat owners that have come back 12 years later to tell you like how great their cat was and that they recently passed and they're going to be in soon to find a new pet, you know, when they're ready. Um, but it's, it's incredible to see how quickly that bond can grow and the impact that it makes in somebody's life. So we're, we're here helping both people and pets for sure. Love that. I love that. <laughs> That's so nice. Okay. Well, to, to end our lightning round on a less sappy note, I have one really, really quick question. Um, so you talked about um microchip and rabies clinics. And I was curious if those are also income-based or if they're available to anybody. Available to anybody. That is amazing. $30 for a microchip. Mm -hmm. Oh, I paid so much more mm -hmm. for Marshall's microchip than $30. Yep. And I mean, the reason behind that is because we know a microchip increases the chance of getting a pet back home and yeah. we want pets to stay in homes. So the more people that come in for their microchip, get their pet microchip, the likelihood if they get out, we can return them back home again. Amazing. Well, that is so good to know. Well, thank you for answering all of our lightning round questions and we will be right back. You've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast, and today we have been talking about the Humane Society and available resources in the community with Jacqueline Waddy and Calla James. So before we wrap up today and with Giving Tuesday approaching at the end of the month, we have one more question. So how can members of our community support the work of the Humane Society or other organizations that provide community support to pets? 
So one of the biggest ways somebody can support us is with the gift of time. We heavily rely on volunteers for all sorts of things. And right now our biggest need is for more foster homes. So if you have time, please, please think of us. Um, we always have new uh, positions coming up on our website. And as COVID restrictions allow, uh, we hope to be welcoming our you know, existing volunteers back into the center as well as new ones. So we hope that you would join us. Uh, with Giving Tuesday coming up, obviously monetary donations are a massive support for us, whether that's in the form of a one-time gift, whether you want to join our monthly PAW program, um, or whether you want to make maybe a Christmas gift for somebody. There's so many ways that you can make those monetary donations. And if you would prefer to maybe buy a, a gift for our pets, that's another need of ours. Uh, we have a great Amazon wish list on our website, as well as you know just our general wish list posted there, so you can go shopping anywhere you want. Um, Amazon's just convenient; you can click and ship it right to us. Um, and of course, um, if people are looking to do a little bit more, hosting your own fundraiser is a great way to support the pets as well. And that could be something as small as a lemonade stand or a bake sale at work, all the way to hosting your own fundraiser like a golf tournament or a baseball tournament. Thank you so much to both of you for chatting with us. And uh, I guess to, to wrap us up, um, if our listeners would like to get in touch or learn more about our local humane society, where can they find you? So for both centers, you can check out our website at kwsphumane.ca. And if you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at our Kitchener Center at 519-745-5615 or at our Stratford location, 519-273-6600. Or follow us on social media, please. That's another way you can help. What's your What's your handle on like Instagram and Twitter? It's uh, kwsphumane. Go follow them on social media. And we'll... Thank you to both of you for joining us today. We're so happy you came here and chatted with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye. Tell your father the witchy night.